What's going on, guys? Rob Childs here with a fighter story, and today's guest is Dennis Worth. Dennis Worth is clearly from the Boston area. You're going to find that out very soon with his accent. His story is a particular story that I never knew I was actually going to get into. It's about parental alienation and child access to his own kid. Uh, the story takes a couple twists and turns, but it eventually leads up to he is starring in a film that is going to be on Amazon Prime, and he also has a successful comedy career. You can check that out on YouTube, as well as a successful podcast. So please stay tuned, listen in, and follow Dennis Worth. Thanks. All right, green light means go. Sweet. All right, Dennis Worth, how are we doing today? I am living the dream. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I appreciate yeah. it. No, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. Um, we had met actually through a Facebook group, um, kind of just a general question, trying to see if anybody wanted to be a guest on the podcast. And you popped up um, with a with a pretty interesting story about a parental alienation. Um, so kind of going down that rabbit hole, I, I briefly scratched the surface on exactly what it is, what it entails, and kind of going through the long court processes that everybody seems to have to go through. Um, so I was kind of hoping you could uh, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and kind of get into the a little bit of the backstory kind of leading up to this uh, this film that you're actually shooting for Amazon Prime. All right. Uh... Years ago, I was going through a bitter, bitter custody battle with uh, my ex, a bitter divorce. And, uh, you know, as tough as it is on you as a parent, it's twice as tough on the child. I saw how it was mentally affecting my child. Wasn't a damn thing I could do about it. And it was just, it was tearing me apart, okay? Because there's nothing more precious in life than your children. And when you see them suffering, that's a very painful thing. So as a parent, you don't want to see your children suffer. And when there's nothing you can do about it, you kind of feel helpless. So, um, you know, we went through the bitter custody battle. Uh, me and his mother, we just didn't see eye to eye. She said, right. I say, she said, I say, right. She says left. I say up. She says down. Um, and, and it gets to the point, you know, where the child's so caught in the middle that, you know, as a child, I was a parent. Okay. As an adult, I couldn't even handle the situation anymore. It just got, we were at each other's throat so much as a child, he had no choice whatsoever. A child's mind can't handle that. Um, uh, it got to the point, you know, I always tried to took the high road. I, I said, you know, I always knew it wasn't his fight and I wasn't going to make him, you know, dislike his mother just because I did, because it wasn't his fight. It was our fight. Yeah. And, uh, they sent us to a class when we broke up called dealing with divorce. That's the first thing they teach you. It's not your child's fight. It's your fight. Don't put him in the middle. Well, I always said, he's going to see, I took the high road. I did that because his mother was yak yak in his ear. You dad, this, you dad, this. And I said, no, I'm not going to play a game. He's going to say I took the high road. Well, he didn't end up saying I took the high road. He ended up believing every word of garbage she acted in his ear. Um, he got to the point. Uh, I got home one day, opened up the door from work. Uh, his room was wiped out. There was nothing in there. He uh, left. And uh, I haven't heard from him for eight years. I'm a victim of parental alienation. She had talked so much garbage about me. Didn't want to have nothing to do with me. Now, parental alienation, it rubs off on, on anybody you're connected to, okay? So once his mind starts not liking you, uh, his grandmother, my mother, okay, 80-year-old woman, never did nothing but spoil him since the day he was born. Will not say a word to her. My entire side, the family, he won't talk to. I mean, we've had no contact with him whatsoever for over eight years. So, uh you know, as painful as it is for me, I mean, it's twice as painful me seeing my mother who had nothing to do with nothing. You know, why does she have to suffer? Why does my family have to suffer? 
And uh, unfortunately, you know, the courts are so geared up to, to protect the mother, okay, that, uh, you know, they just look at fathers as a paycheck, okay, you know, because I went into court, hey, I love my son, I'll do the right thing, I'll be a good dad, I'll be there for him, yeah, yeah go, go to work and send us some money, you'll be looking more like a paycheck than you are a father. So they're not going to back you up, they back up the mother 100%, right, wrong, or otherwise. So uh, it, got, it got to the point. You, you know, you, you can either, you start having, you're getting so depressed, you're seeing your son suffering, you, you don't know what to do, and it gets to the point you start having crazy thoughts, and I learned, you know, you can either let something drive you crazy, or you can become active and do something about it, so I chose to become active and do something about it. Uh, when I was a young kid, I loved watching stand-up comedy. I was always just fascinated when Comedy Central had the uh, marathons that sit there all weekend, just watch one after another all weekend long. I loved it. Always had the itch to try it. I never knew how to get started. I ain't like, you don't go put in a job application, you know, become a stand-up comedian. How do you become a comic? I had no idea. So um, one night I checked my mail and there was a pamphlet from the local community college that had a thing about night courses. One of them was introduction to stand-up comedy. I said, really? I was like, well, I always wanted to try it. I said, I'll take the course. I'll look back years from now. You know, haha, I tried stand-up comedy. I never dreamed it would amount to nothing. Well, I took the class and in the class they teach you you know, the real life stuff, it's so much funnier than anything you could make up. You know, if something happened to you funny in real life, that's twice as funny as any routine you can make up. So yeah. they said, you know, stick to the real life stuff. What was the real life stuff for me? I was going through a bitter divorce at the time. So for the first uh, routine I ever came up with in comedy, I created a character called the child support superhero. And uh, it was kind of a comic way, you know, a comedic way of me dealing with my situation. Uh, so since I did that, I created a Facebook page about the child support superhero, and uh, the character's just kind of taken on a life of its own without even me trying. It's got over 15,000 followers. Uh, every time I post from the page, I hit 10,000 people, 30,000 people, 50,000, 100,000 people. I had one post go viral. Uh, that was where I got most of the likes on it. hit 3.5 million people, which I don't even know how many people on the planet, but I mean, to hit a post like that from Facebook was crazy, but that's when I got so many followers. And uh, so I have access to getting my message out to a lot of people. So uh, the, the routine kind of took on a life of its own uh, from there. You know, uh, you know, any, any good comedian, what do they do? They start out a stand-up comedy, then, you know, their dream is they'd make a movie. Okay. Well, I'm not this big Eddie Murphy type comic. I'm a local comic. I've always, you know, be nice to have the big time. If I don't, I'm, I'm fine with what I'm doing. I'm having a lot of fun. So I figured, you know, I want to just try acting, you know, if you're going to take the next step in comedy, putting out a good yeah. comedic movie would be it, you know? So, uh, I, uh, made a connection with a, a young director who, uh, you know, this was way back when I was just starting out in comedy and he was just starting out directing and he put together a film called, uh, the cartoon man. It was a trilogy. I think right. I was in the second one. I was a character they talked about and I, I did it. I had some fun doing it, which I found out acting is a lot tougher than a uh, stand-up comedy, man. You're on your feet. I'll take one, take two, take three. You're on your feet all day. It's a lot of work, but when you finally see the movie, it's finally worth it. So, uh, I went on my career. I did some big things in stand-up comedy. I worked with, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy Walker, Dynamite from Good Times, uh, Jackie the Joke Man from the Howard Stern Show, uh, Lenny Clark, Steve Sweeney, some Boston comedy legends, uh, Tom Cotter from America's Got Talent. I flew up to Alaska. I opened up for Carl Bove, who was Sam Kennison's opening act back in the 80s. It was a, I had posted this guy on my wall as a kid, and I'm flying to Alaska to open for him. Uh, I performed that in New York at the Gotham and uh, Dangerfields. Uh, as I said, Alaska, I went out to LA, I formed the world famous comedy store. I went to Vegas, I performed out there. Uh, so, I mean, I was doing very good. And as I said, I always had that dream of making a movie in the back of my head. So 
I had enough success in comedy and enough people following the page that I decided I called up Adam, who's gone on. He's done bigger stuff since he started directing. He's actually got some, he's won some film festivals in LA, won some film festivals in New England. His movies are being shown on Amazon Prime. So I explained to him about the character that I had, the child support super and how well it was doing in comedy and on Facebook reaching people. And, you know, I've had kids, you know, when I went through the stuff with the courts, okay, this was before the internet, okay? There was no internet when I went to court. So I'm being seated so unfairly and I'm looking around like, you know, this is America. This isn't supposed to happen to people. I'm supposed to be treated fairly. I had nobody to turn to. I didn't have the internet to go to and turn to other dads. Well, now that I've created this page, I got like, you know, people just go, young men going through the system now saying, wow, I didn't know a page like this existed. Thank you. I didn't think I had anybody to turn to. And I'm there to tell them, no, you're far from the first one to feel the wrath of family court here. You're not alone. You know, parental alienation is a worldwide thing. I believe the statistics are 12 people a week commit suicide worldwide due to child access issues, which, you know, someone watching your podcast, that's not a proven theory, but okay, say it's not 12, but is 10 okay? Is five okay? Is one okay? You know, yeah. regardless of what the statistic is, how many people got to commit suicide each week because of child access issues before we realize as a people that this system, it's not working, okay? It's not working at all. So I spoke to Adam. I said, uh, what do you say we make a movie about the character of the child support superhero? So we've been doing it for about a year now we've been filming. Uh, we've hit some snags with the movie, but hopefully by the end of the summer, it's done. Then we're going to enter in some film festivals, and then we're going to put it on Amazon Prime and see how it does there. So that's the plan. Nice. Yeah, that was a, that was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you got the whole story. Man. Yeah, the whole thing. I got no questions. We're done. Um, yeah, no, it's it's crazy how like one thing can kind of take off and like pivot your entire life to where you didn't even really expect it to go. Um, you know, like you and comedy, and now you're opening for Sam Kinison, and like. You know, I, I, especially oh, no, Sam Kinison passed away. His opening act, Carl Abobada. Oh yeah, I yeah, love yeah. Over yeah. Sam, but he passed away. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The next Sorry, thing was his opening act, Carl. Right. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I know. Like just being in like the podcasting world, and I mean, like just in general, I feel like everybody's listening to podcasts. And Joe Rogan's kind of like at the top of that list. You named off like his entire roster of like comedy stores or yeah, comedy. He's the Godfather, you know, yeah, Joe Rogan. Well, you know, I, I hang out in a town called uh, Lemister, and if you drive through it, there's a pizza shop on every corner. And okay. If you drove through it, you'd be like, why is there so many pizza shops? And I say, because that's what people are buying, you know? So you say, why is there so many podcasts? Because that's what people are listening to. That's why there's so many podcasts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's crazy, though, because I know, like, it's getting to the point to where you can just have conversations like this about subjects that you have no idea about at all, but you can still find some sort of relativity between people um that's that's the thing that i really like about everything um going back to the actual um parental alienation like when everything was going on going through like the court systems and everything like that um i can't speak on behalf of any i don't have kids um you know to actually to speak on something is not something i'm going to do um i have been through the court system because of my own issues um and I know how frustrating it can be. I can't imagine having to do that with a child on the line. Kids, is there any way that you can actually like kind of verbalize some of the things that happened during that court case to make it feel like it was very lopsided? Um, yeah, you know, when I first went in there, just, just talking, you know, to my lawyer, uh, you know, I'm, I asked a guy paying thousands of dollars to represent me and he's pretty much telling me, Hey, you know, you're not really going to get a fair shake here 
Like, well, why not? This is America, isn't it? Why, well, you know, the system set up to protect the mother. That's the way it is. And um, so going into it, you felt like you didn't even have a shot, like from the start. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was kind of like that. It's like, you know, do this or the courts ain't going to, you know, give you a fair shake. I'm like, well, kind of seems like they're going to give me a fair shake no matter what I do, you know? So it was, uh, uh, you know, when we broke up, it was, it was just, you're on the defense to begin with. And, you know, she gets the, the thing that brought us to court that when we first broke up, okay, we came up to an agreement with ourselves. Okay. This is when you'll get them. This is when I'll get them. We, we didn't go to court to begin with. Okay. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, she, you know, she feels the need to feel important in life. She's going to have everything her way. She calls me up one day and says, well, I'm going to change the deal. I think you should be in the same bed every night. So you have Sundays, but I want to have them Sundays. Now you drop them off at my house. I'm like, well, if he spends every night at my house, is that fair to you? So how is it fair to me if he spends every night? You should be in the same bed every night, I think. She's like, well, I'm going to be there to pick him up Sunday. I'm like, well, that's my day. You're not going to get him, okay? So because she can't get everything her way, the cops show up at my door. She brings the cops down there. You know, who cares how this is going to affect our child, okay? I'm going to show up at daddy's house with the cops to rip you away from him. You know, and I'm wondering what's going through my son's head when he sees a cop there and I got to hand it. So the cop knocks on my door. He's like, do you have any paperwork saying you can see your child? I'm like, no, I don't. I'm like, does she have any paperwork saying she can see our child? She don't need any. Really? I need paperwork to say I need to see our child, but she don't need any. So I, I explained to the cop what was going on. We had come into, you know, we had come up to an agreement and she had decided to change it out of the blue. You know, I said no. So she shows up at my house with a cop. He's like, well, you know, she's the mother. She has the rights. You got to hand them over. You need to go to court and get this settled. So right there, now I got to hand my, my, my son over to his mother. And next day I got to go on a court, chalk up a court case. Meantime, I don't get to see my child until I go to court. And how old is I your mean, son at this time? Oh, he was like one years old. We broke up when he was one. Oh, wow. So, I mean, this is an early age. This is mentally affecting him, right? So uh, I show up to court, and then she tries to throw it at me. She's like, oh, he hasn't been in touch with me for two weeks to try to see his child. How much does she care about him? I'm like, you show up at my house with the cops to rip him away from me, and I'm going to call you up to, you know, I'm begging to see my own kid. You just ripped away from me with the cops. Are you kidding me? So, uh, you know, we went to court and, you know, this was a temporary order they gave us because we weren't prepared. I had to just go to see my son, whatever. They give us a temporary order. Okay. Now this is during the week when I see my kid. Okay. Uh, Thanksgiving falls, you know, is coming up. Okay. Now this isn't on my day. This is on her day. I call her up. Uh, So I didn't call her up. I contacted my lawyer. I was like, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. It's not on my day. It's a holiday. Can you contact her? See when I can see him. He comes back. She said you can pick him up at 7 at night and drop him off at 9. But who the hell celebrates Thanksgiving from 7 to 9 p.m.? You know, She ain't thinking about what's best for our child. Let's say she's going to get him the whole day and I she get the scrap at the end. You know? Yeah, two hours, 7 to 9 p.m. on Thanksgiving. That's when I'm going to celebrate Thanksgiving. Like My family gets together for Thanksgiving at 7 o'clock at night to have Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, this is what she says I can have, okay? But it's not in the court order. What am I going to do, right? So I end up getting screwed on that one. Back to court again. We got to settle the holidays and everything. Get it in writing because heaven forbid we act like adults. We got to get everything in writing, you know. So uh, we do that for a while. Uh, again, you know, we, when he got older, I tried to modify the order because he wanted to spend more time with me. You know, he, he was a boy, you know, being with his dad. So I tried to modify the order. And uh, when I went in to do that, it was... I didn't really get what I was like, you know, I'm looking for equal custody again. I didn't get it. So when I got out of there, 
they had given her so much of the time that it was kind of interfering with her work schedule. So again, she's like, okay, it's not in the court order. If you want to take them a little extra time, you can take them a little extra time. I was like, okay. So he had been in this schedule for over a year. Okay. With the extra time that she, she, I got to say allowed to gave me because heaven forbid, you know, I'm entitled to be an equal part of my own child's life. So, uh, a year goes by, we get, I don't even remember what it was. We get into an argument about something else, okay? Right after this argument, the day she drops them off at my house, she's got the court order and underlined, she's like, drop them off here, drop them off like back to the original court order. Who cares that over a year he's been in a different schedule? How's it going to mess up his head being taken out of that schedule? No, no, because she's got a hair across her ass. We're going back to the original schedule. Back to court again. I got to go to court. Uh, hey, we've been in this, our child's been in this scheduled for over a year and now she's trying to break it just because it wasn't in the court order because we're in another argument over who knows what because she can't get everything her way spoiled little brat so it, it's just a constant battle with these courts you know i mean you, you want to just to see your own kid i gotta go to court just to see my own child and you know uh, he's got something i think it was over boy scouts or something there was some twelve dollar fee or something she had to pay and it was like i had him for the first couple of years he was in boy scouts i paid for it then the meeting switched to her night of the week. She had to pay for it. It's all, he owes me half of this 12 bucks or whatever it was. Just another one stupid argument over another. It was just childish. Wait, wait, wait. So you've, you've had legitimate arguments about custody over your kid over $6. Yeah, over $6, whatever it was at the time. <laughs> it wasn't, yeah, I mean, you know, hey, forget acting like an adult. But it was never, she never put our, you know, how's this going to affect our son if I do that? It's no, I'm pissed off. This is what I want. Boom. This is what I'm, she never thought of, you know, the aftermath of what she was doing, how it was going to affect her son. You know, that was the problem with the whole thing. Finally, later on in life, I finally got to the point where he got old enough. Uh, I got split custody. I had a minute for minute. He was at my house half the time. Minute for minute. He was at her. I finally got it in writing. All right, I don't have to go beg this woman to see my kid anymore now. And how old is he then at this point? Um, oh, gosh, maybe this is so long ago, 15, 16, maybe. Oh, I wow. Mean, so, yeah, he, he was older at the time, or maybe he might have been, I don't know. It's still a significant 12, 12, 13, amount of time. Yeah. But I mean, it had been a yeah. long time. So now I got to know, I got a minute for minute the same time she does in writing. Okay, get yeah. this, okay? He's half the time at my house, half the time at her house. I still have to pay her child support, even though he's, I got a minute for minute. It costs the same amount of money to live in my house as hers, but I still have to pay her child support, even though he's spending half the time at my house. Like, well, if it costs just as much to live in my house as hers, but that's how the courts look at you as a father. You're not looked at as a father. You're looked at as a paycheck, okay? Um, if, if you get into that, uh, I've, I mean, I've done the work and investigated because I'm obviously interested, but the federal government, okay, matches the state dollar for dollar. Every penny they take in in child support payments, the federal the federal government dollar for dollar gives them that much money at the end of the year. So the states have an incentive to keep the child support money high because at the end of the year, the federal government's going to double how much ever they're taking in from, from the that? dads. Okay? All right, so, so I'm a moron, first of all. Right? Yeah, first of all, I'm a moron. Um, I have no idea what a lot of people are talking about, but it sounds like you go to work, you get your paycheck, you take part of that paycheck, you send it to her, even though you're having the kid half the time and she has half the time. That part still doesn't make sense to me. You know, it's not. Yeah, it never will either. It yeah. Don't make sense. yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Because you so, looked at it as a paycheck. They're not giving up the money. The state's yeah. not giving up the money. They don't care what's in the best interest of your child. Uh, the money comes first and your child second. Yeah. So you 
you know, whatever X amount of dollars you give that to the courts. And, and this is, well, I take it out of your paycheck. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. Before and you so, get your check, it's sent to her, the state's taking. So let's say a hundred dollars. I know it's more than that. I've, I've heard horror stories, but like, let's say <laughs> you're giving the court a uh, hundred dollars. She might get 90 of that or whatever, you know, the court takes that chunk. What in like, so the federal government giving the state money based on you giving money for your child, where does that money get allocated to? And why does that even come into play? Well, that goes into like uh, the school systems and, you know, whatever, you know, things for children. Okay. So, I mean, the state's given that money because to to give towards the family courts to keep them running towards, you know, all, all the money it takes to go through this system. That is a shitty incentive. Uh, that's, yeah, that's how judges keep their, you know, if there's no cases, uh, judges and lawyers don't get paid, okay? There is no family court. Oh, they don't get to go to go to work every day and make some money off of uh, off of our children. So it's, it's, a, it's a very dirty, crooked system if you do the work like I have and look into it. But, you know, you can almost say, hey, it's a dirty world. I can accept that. But when it's affecting our children, there's nothing more precious than our children. You know, if you want to mess up my life's one thing, you start messing up our kid's life. Now, that, that's a real problem. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Especially like your kid started this whole journey at one year old. You know, he didn't have a choice. And well, that's what I said. There was, his yeah. head was no way I couldn't handle it as an adult. There was no way his head as a kid was going to handle it, you know? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were best friends. I mean, we were best friends growing up. We did everything together, you know? I mean, Disney, this, that, the white man, we did. And I mean, to be, we were best friends. All of a sudden, not only your son, but your best friend, all of a sudden, just not talk to you one day out of the blue. Over eight years, I haven't spoken to him. Uh, he just recently, after eight years, finally contacted my mother, and they went out for lunch. So thank God for her. I said if she ever passed away, didn't get to see her grandkid again, it would have been a tragedy. But uh, they did go to lunch. They're still much staying in touch. Still don't want nothing to do with me. But uh, it's step one, I guess. You know, I can only hope. Someday I hope he gets old enough to realize there's two sides to every story. All he's ever had yak in his ear was once. So yeah, whether he ever reaches that point or not, I don't know. You know, it's it's weird. So I. I, uh, going into this conversation, I didn't do too much research because I, I wanted to actually hear your, your yeah. story, you know, you know, like, um, but for me, it's, it's different to actually hear this because I grew up without a father, um, like pretty much at all. Um, but I was only told like minimal things about him. And so I went searching for this person, you know, and I found him and it wasn't what I expected, you know, Looking and, for the truth they were right. Yeah. 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 And so it's it like those memories are still attached as a child, you know, of like what that person is or whatever. And so like to try to go find that truth sometimes is an extremely scary thing, um, you know, especially like I can only imagine for your kid, you know, starting off at one and, you know, still oh, going yeah, through yeah. everything. And then eight years, you know, like it's it's easy to be cynical and hear the uh, the stories about like, oh, she's crazy. She's brainwashing them, this and that. But like. I've been that kid, you know, <laughs> like I, I found the truth out and like this, the stories were pretty accurate, but f- like, I've, I've been that kid. I know what it's like to have to listen to stories and to not actually go find out the truth. So maybe in like some way of his own, like reaching out to your mother is like a bridge, you know, to, to get to that, you. That's what I'm hoping. And it was probably tough on you. Right. I mean, for years, you probably wanted to know what's going on, but to finally have the courage to actually go seek out your dad and find out, 
That oh, was yeah. a big step for you. Right? It had to be a huge step. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Three. It was crazy. Yeah. I was like 16 years old. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I just yeah. kind of hopped in my truck and took off and showed up at there the front door. There was nothing you could have did as a child, right? I mean, you had to wait till you get older to finally confront it, right? Yeah, exactly. But it's not only, only just that. It's, I mean, you, you being a man, you understand the importance of having a man in your life. You know, there's, there's, well, a I don't lot. want to say man. I mean, a mother's yeah. just as important. I don't want to put, you know, oh, yeah, you need no. both parents in your life. Yeah. I don't want to just say yeah. a man. I mean, yeah, a hundred percent. You definitely yeah. do. But like having that influence of a male gives you that courage to take those steps, you know? So it's, it's, it's one of those give and takes that really sucks. Um, yeah, I got and, a half brother, which I, I didn't know him that well, which he, he was on my father's side from his first marriage and his mother took him and took off with him. And, my dad never knew him till he was about 16. And when he finally made contact, they said 16, we finally knew him. And he said, you know, I heard for years what a bad guy my dad was, you know, and when I finally went to meet him, I found out he wasn't that bad of a guy that I was led to believe, you know? Yeah. I think that kind of relates to my son, you know, where he's heard one side of a story, you know, if he got my side, he probably wouldn't feel half the way he does, but I don't get the opportunity to tell him my side of the story because <laughs> he won't speak to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do though. You know, like I mean, you're doing this, you know, you're actively like you can Google your name and you pop up, you know, like you. Yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've done a lot spreading awareness, but that can bite you, too. I mean, you know, I, I did see recently I had a you know, I could hop on to every now and then see his Facebook account and see what he was saying. He, he recently blocked it. I think he caught on. I was doing that, so I can't see anymore. But uh, well, one time he put that he put something about uh it don't matter how nice somebody was to you. If you abuse somebody else, you're an abuser. So I think his mother's got to put in my head because I do all this work fighting for father's rights that I'm bashing her, that I'm abuser towards her by speaking about this stuff. You know? yeah. So I think he's got in his head, I'm abusing his mother by talking about this rather than I'm trying to spread awareness to solve the problem. So no other parent and child have to go a decade without speaking to each other because of parental alienation. But yeah. I don't think he sees it that way. I think he sees it as, you know, Oh, I tell a comedy routine, you know, about his mother that's bashing his mother. So I think he looks at me as a basher rather than somebody spreading awareness. Yeah. I mean, like perception is reality and that that's a shitty thing of life, especially like going through like maturing, you know, like your perception changes and don't worry about the camera. It does that. It'll come back on. <laughs> Cannon's a piece of shit. But um, yeah, like going through like that perception of like you hearing something and then maturing at the same time, it's, it's hard to take those mental pivots of exploring other options to see what it is. And yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. People handle things differently. I mean, like you started a, a comedy career out of this whole thing. You know, like, how exactly do you even go from not only like a divorce, but then it, it sounds like, you know, easily 10 plus years of, you know, fighting just to be able to see your kid and then the kid getting taken away. That's a and, good question. And yeah. some of the best comedians, at least that that I like, um, Sam Kinison, you know, being one of them easily, you know, you got... Uh, Jesus Christ, I can't even name them all, especially the older guys. Um, and then you have Belushi. Yeah. yeah, like Belushi, Chris Farley. I mean, he's one of the best stand-up comedians of all time. Robin Williams, you know, every great comedian comes from pain. 
pain. Oh yeah, it's talked about in the comedy circle. Yeah, yeah, that's how it's a it's an escape from your pain. Um, you got to laugh about your pain. If you didn't laugh about it, you'd be drove crazy. I'd probably be the next dad who walked in the McDonald's with a shotgun and went nuts or something. I mean, oh yeah, you learn to laugh about it or it drives you crazy. I chose to laugh about it. You know. Yeah, yeah. How do you make that transition though? Because I've been in like super dark spots, you know, and I feel like every man kind of knows like those dark spots to where like you feel alone and yeah well when you, you just said it you feel alone when you're in a dark yeah. spot you feel alone and you want to explode here's what kept me going okay now when i started doing this i'd do a comedy show okay and i mean literally not everyone but about 90 percent of the comedy shows i do after i got done with the show the show was over i'd be in the parking lot 90 percent of the time somebody be chasing me down in the parking lot dude wait up i want to tell you my story because they heard me telling jokes about family law and divorce and dealing with the situation. All of a sudden, they wanted to tell me this story. Some of these stories I was hearing was blowing my mind. How unfairly, you know, when you think you got it bad, there's always somebody who's got it worse. Just what these people were dealing with family law. But I mean, all of a sudden, without even trying, I became the guy you talked to, you know. Everybody's being, being treated so unfairly by family court. Nobody knows who to talk to. All of a sudden, when I'm trying, I became the, the guy to talk to. And that's kind of what pulled me out of the dark spot was knowing I wasn't alone. Knowing somebody asked me, you know, I mean, I was on the, the page. I got the child support superhero. It's like, I haven't talked to my son in five years. I've thought about taking my own life. I don't know what I'm going to do. How do I get through this? I said, you get through it by knowing you're not alone. You're not the only one this is happening to, you know. If you were the only one, it would drive you crazy. But when you know this is a worldwide problem, okay, you know, it's nothing you did. It's a worldwide problem. It's a problem with the system, not with you and how you are as a parent. But like I said, just the people reaching out to me on the page. I've had young kids write in, man, thank you for doing this page. I had no idea anything like this even existed. I thought I was alone. It's a, you're not alone. You're far from alone. So that's what keeps me going is just, you know, the people that are, you know, I, I know I'm helping out and are going through the same thing I am. That's how I keep going. Yeah. Yeah. It's that being alone thing sucks. I know. Um, a lot of people that listen to this podcast have already kind of heard the story, but like I started this whole thing in like every social media thing, pretty much, um, due to like, I have cancer right now. And then I had a, a clinical trial drug crash my nervous system. And now I have fibromyalgia. And so there was a point to where I couldn't walk. Like I had to fly out to like the Mayo clinic in Minnesota and like barely being able to move around. Um, so it's like all of these things kind of coming on and that dark spot in life comes in and it feel like you're alone right it's not one thing either it comes in real slow and then it just takes over you know like it takes over everything that you are kind of um but through that pain and that feeling alone i now have like talked to you and you're clearly from boston you can tell by your accent (laughs) yeah wicked wicked funny up here yeah you got a pocket car but (laughs) yeah but i mean like it is that dark spot that well i mean i'm sorry to hear you have that and i wish you luck with your fight but i mean when when you went to these hospitals did you meet other people that were going through the same thing you did there oh yeah 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 that probably helped you right knowing you were exactly were the people with the same thing you had yeah and the crazy thing is is uh it's it's almost like once you start putting out content or like you, if you make like any informational pamphlets or whatever it is you do, you almost become an authority on the subject right. and you got people from all walks of life coming up to you, wanting any information at all of maybe trying to help their fight out a little bit. Yeah. Um, the crazy thing was, is after I posted that, that question um, about like anybody wanting to be a guest, it was maybe two, three hours after I'd gotten your message, 
I got another message from a woman um, about parental alienation. And it, it was a lot for me to handle. Um, and she's, she's wanting to get in connection with everybody. So I'm going to, yeah, everybody so, says you must've had a lot of dads chasing you down in the parking lot. And I said, there was just as many women chasing me down to tell me their story too. It, it's not just dads going through this. It's certainly women too. Yeah. 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 I, that was, especially after like looking into like kind of, you know, what it was, I, unfortunately I understand, or I don't understand, but I can see that women are favored in the court system. Um, and then to have oh, an, grossly. And then to have a woman go through the same issue, that that just it threw me off. You know, I mean, like it's if it seems like two people make a kid, you know, two people should have control over like what happens to the kid, especially yeah. if you want to be a part of that child's life. There's so many people, you know, like that grow up like me without the dad because he didn't want to be. You, on the other hand, want to be a part of this child's life and you're not able to. Not able to, even if I wanted to. Yeah, it's a very have I mean, you... we, I've said the government sold out our children for profit. Like, I mean, these family courts are making so much profit, how much money they can extort out of dads. I mean, and, you know, the reason the dad, because, you know, men make more money in life than women usually. So that's what's going to keep the budget the highest is trying to, to get the most in. You know, the problem with the system is, too, is I'd send over this child support money. And even though she's getting the money, you got no say on how she spends it. So she can be going out drinking, using this money, buying herself clothes, using this money. And if you see your kid going without, you know, I'm sending over this money and my kid's coming to me. Hey, I ain't got this for school. I ain't got that for school. I ain't got this for school. It's like, well, that's kind of what the money I'm sending. You know, I don't tell him this, but I'm thinking yeah. that's kind of money I'm spending, sending you money. That's what it should case. So now I got to buy him this stuff on top of paying her to buy it, or I got to see him go without, which I don't want to see my son go without. So it's a really bad system you know when you got to send somebody money and have no say they don't have to show any proof they're spending it on the child you know i mean so in some cases you see a child go without you know and the money's not being used for what it's supposed to be used for and the courts don't care they just keep sending the money damn yeah i, I yeah, wish i could I, I don't wish like i'm glad that i can't relate to this story um it's it doesn't sound like anything that I'd ever want to be a part of or anybody that I know to be a part of, obviously. Um, but you to take that into comedy and now you're doing a movie about this. What exactly is like the movie? Is it more like the documentary thing or are you doing it on your, your comedic character? Yeah, um, I'm doing it on the comedic character, the child support superhero, where I'm trying to do it. Cause I found, you know, when you start complaining about family law, people don't want to listen to it. Okay. They'll listen for a little bit, you know, and then yeah, this guy's complaining. I don't want to hear it. You yeah. know, you talk to your friends, you're they're your friends. They'll listen for a little while after a while. Yeah. It's just Dennis complaining again. I figured out through comedy, if I can get people to laugh about a subject, now all of a sudden you want to listen to what I want to say. You want to hear my message. So if I do it comedically, that's to keep people interested because if you can make people laugh, that's a good feeling. It's something they want to do. So I'm doing the movie in a way where I keep you laughing throughout the movie, but while you're laughing, I'm also educating you on the subject, okay, about family law and how it operates. So as long as I can keep people laughing, they'll keep listening to my message, I found out. So it starts out of how the child support became the child support superhero, uh, starts out with my fighting court, uh, fighting with the government, uh, fighting with the judges in the court system, and uh, how, uh, you know, you had, like I said, the dark spot in your life and yeah. you got to choose a path, you know, you either go down the dark path or you choose to fight. Uh, I chose to fight how I came back and, you know, uh, how the character progressed into being a superhero. So that's what the movie's about. Yeah, that's amazing. Do you, uh, do you know when you plan to release it? 
we had hoped by the end of this summer, um, unfortunately, some of the locations we were going to shoot, shoot at, uh, the city came in and shut them down. We had to cancel those. We had one actor who filmed about half of his scenes. He got into a bad car accident, totaled his car, cracked the rib, broke something in his chest. I mean, oh, it could have been worse. Luckily, yeah, he's going to heal up, but we got to wait for him to heal up to finish shooting his scenes. Uh, just this past weekend, we're going to shoot some scenes. We had a tropical storm up here in, in Boston, which turned into be uh, nothing more than a rainstorm, but these weather guys like to play it up. So we had to reschedule that because everybody was worried about driving in the rainstorm. So we're about 85% done the movie, but this last 15% just ain't cooperating getting it done. But uh, so we're hopefully by the end of the summer, early winter, we're hoping to get it done. Uh, once we get that done, then like I said, we're going to enter it in some film festivals, see how it does there. We're going to have a big opening night at the movie theater, and then uh, eventually it'll hit Amazon Prime, and that's where I'm hoping the whole world can tune in and watch it. Yeah, that's amazing. I like how you're actually taking a negative thing, and, and although you can't really fix what has happened to you, you can educate people so it doesn't happen as easily to them. Um, do you see a time that this doesn't happen to people? I mean, like, you've been in it. You know yeah. just more than anybody that I've ever met. Yeah, the, the problem, I mean, realistically, it's never going to be solved in our lifetimes. But I mean, I've looked at how have other problems become solved, okay? Slavery was once a thing in this country, okay? It's ridiculous to think slavery even existed nowadays, okay? But it existed. How was that overcome? By spreading awareness, okay? There was a time in this country where women couldn't vote, okay? Looking back at that now, that's insane. Of course, women should be able to vote. How did they solve that problem? Women's lib. All of a sudden, it became a movement. So, that's what this generation has to do. We have to spread awareness. We have to start a movement so that future generations can solve the problem. So what I'm doing is hopefully setting the stage for future generations to solve this problem. Because, you know, what I said, we recently had the Black Lives Matter thing. And whether you agree with it or whether you don't agree with it, everybody was talking about it. That's a movement, okay? When we got everybody talking about the problem of family law and that our children are suffering and that the courts are making profits, you know, rather than worrying about what's in our children's best interest, when everybody's talking about it, that's when it's going to get solved, okay? When, when awareness hits the peak like it did with the Black Lives Matter thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, that's amazing. That that takes a lot of balls to actually be the person to start something. I feel like a lot of people say, you know, it would be awesome if somebody did insert whatever, you know, yeah. as they're as they're holding, you know, a four K camera to, to go to go do these things. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's taking that step to actually go forward and do what you say you're going to do. That's where a lot of people miss that connection. Um, so that's that's amazing that you started to do that. Um, yeah, when I made the page, my girlfriend said, well, I can't believe you did that. I say, hey, someone's got to lead the way. Why not me? You know, I mean, any great cause started out with an average person like me and you would have, would have, would have vision. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I have a vision, so. Yeah. So going through like this divorce and like, obviously with like uh, the Prince alienation attached to the divorce, has this affected like your relationships moving forward? Like, you have, like with your girlfriend or, you know, is there like a lot yeah. of trust issues there that you've been able to actually get over? Or is that just like shit still simmering yeah it can, it can affect you i mean you know early on when you looked at a paycheck when i had them you know that, that's all i did i i literally that was my entire life i worked and i had to work so many extra hours to pay her the child support and still have enough money to survive myself every second i wasn't at work i was spending with my child so that was it it was work and spend time with my child you don't even get time for a relationship even if you wanted to okay because you know, all you are is a paycheck because you need so much money to afford to 
pay my household and half of hers. So I had to give up my own life that, but even when I did start dating, I mean, yeah, it was, I mean, there were definitely, you know, how's this woman going to try to destroy my life? You know, it's like, I mean, well, when you've been through something like that, you know, you don't want to go through it again. So you're kind of keeping your distance. So, uh, you know, I, I eventually did get over it, but yeah, it did take years to, to even start to trust anybody again. Once you've been, once you've been through something like that, like I said, you know, and I don't want to, I, I obviously, you know, I take the point of view from what I've been through. Okay. Now, if you had my ex on here, I'm sure she'd tell you a whole different story where, you know, hey, I had this bill, that bill, that bill. And, you know, and, you know, there's two sides to every story here on my side. If you heard her side, I'm sure she'd have a different story where, you know, I got daycare, I got after school expenses, I got, I got, but you know what? It was between us. Okay. That was where the mistake was, was putting her son in the middle. Okay. It should have stayed between us. And I, I always understood that, but she never did. It's, it's, this is what I think. This is what my son has to think too. So that's where the mistake is made when you start bringing, putting the kids in the middle of adult arguments. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, it's pretty fucked. <laughs> just just to put it yeah back, it's, it's, it's fucked <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah i mean yeah. you get i got to that point where you you feel that anger this is so fucked i'm so angry but then you get past the anger and you come out on the other side of it it's like all right that was fucked there ain't much i can do about it you know it happened to me what can i do about it and spreading awareness you know that's about all left i get hopefully you know the guy behind me never has to live the hell i did because i'm spreading awareness so yeah for that's sure. how you you come out on the other side and Try, try to go forward in a positive way rather than a negative way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I like it. All right, Dennis. Yeah, no, I really like your message. I like what you're trying to do. You're actually trying to, like, facilitate some change around here. Seems like nobody's really wanting to do that. Um, I know you're a busy man, so I'm going to let you go here in a minute. Um, if you could, just kind of let everybody know where they can follow you. If there's anybody that's going through this problem, you know, people are probably hitting you up, you know, daily or especially with I get a lot of people asking me for legal advice. Say, hey, I'm going through this with my kid. What do I do? <laughs> I'm not a lawyer. I'm just yeah. a dad fighting a fight like you. But I say the first place to go to is uh, Facebook. I got the page, the Child Support Superhero. Uh, like I said, it's got 15,000 followers. Check that out first. Uh, I do have my own website through comedy where I have the stuff linked to it. Uh, www.dennisworth. It's W-I-R-T-H. So dennisworth.webs.com. You can go there. You can check out my comedy. I have my own podcast called Funny Like Clown Podcast. It's about uh, it's about comedy. But as you mentioned, uh, you checked out where I had the three people on. I just started recently doing a podcast from the page, the uh, Child Sports Superhero, where, mm -hmm. you know, I, I did about 10 of them where I said, you know, if you're going through a court battle, you, you don't want to talk about it because that can be used against you in court. Okay. So I started out just me giving advice to people without using names. But then when people saw those, they were contacting me. Hey, I'd like to tell you, there were more people willing to talk about it than I thought. So I started doing these uh, zoom meetings where there were three or four or five of us on. And again, I mean, some of these stories, I had one lady on the last one, she started crying and uh, we're like, no, 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 you know, we're, we're going through the same thing. We're here for you. You know? So, I mean, you know, if you listen to these stories, just the unfairness these people are experiencing, I mean, forget my story. Like I said, I'm not alone. There's a thousand stories, and the more people that hear these stories, the more things are going to happen. So go to Facebook. Go to my website. Uh, you can check them out on YouTube, uh, the Child Support Superhero. You can watch some of these meetings. You can watch some of my comedy that I do about the character. And, um, you know, once you watch my comedy routines, you can kind of get a gist of how this movie's going to come out when it's finally done. So those are the big places you can go to check out and hear my message. All right. No, I really appreciate you coming on, man. I will uh, let you get out of here and get on your way. But again, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. 
and I'm going to link everything uh, down below on YouTube and then Spotify, Google, every, everywhere that it goes out. Um, so hopefully people can connect with you and uh, see your podcast, see your comedy. And uh, I look forward to seeing the movie when it comes out. The world needs a new superhero, it's called. And uh, hopefully sometime during the winter, this winter of 2021, you can catch it on Amazon Prime. Nice. World needs a new superhero. Here, here first. All right. Thank you again for having right. me on. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye.